1: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I'm Charlie Baker. And I'm Lloyd Griffith.
2: And this is the H&J Daily. Yes, it was me and Lloyd Griffith, Grimsby Town fan today. And we had a lot of fun, didn't we, Lloyd? We
3: had a great, we had a great time. You had a great time. Well
2: done for saying it, yeah. And we had lots of guests in. Gareth A. Davis joined us to talk about Saturday night's big fight, huge fight, which is, of course, Tyson Fury, Dillian White, and no one knows... Boxing Better Than Gareth A. So that was nice. Lawrence Booth from Wisden came in, didn't he, Lloyd? He did,
3: with a, with a couple of copies. Didn't bring a couple of copies, They're he? in his briefcase, though. Okay, never saw big him. briefcase. And,
2: of course, we spoke about Eric. We, we Tan Hach. We found out how to say it properly, didn't we? Yeah, with it's Marcel er- van der Kran. Eric Tan Tan And we ten- also played a game, Vanarama or Shamarama, and lots of other stupid bits. Here it all is. Good afternoon,
3: everyone. Good afternoon, Lloyd. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. It's like looking in a mirror, but with Photoshop. Oh,
2: right. Yeah, in a good nice. way. Oh, thanks very much. Like you've put a, a sort of Instagram filter on on yourself.
3: Yeah, like a sexy one, which
2: I did see you doing pre-show on Instagram because you were trying to cover up your spots.
3: I just think Paris looks better than normal. Uh, do you think? Yeah, in, yeah. Just in. That's just my. Just in yeah, general, there we yeah, are. On Big
2: football fan, aren't you, Lloyd? Big I am. football fan. Uh, we might know you from Ted Lasso as well as other yes. comedy things, but you're in Ted Lasso. I'm in Ted Lasso
3: as, as a reporter, but I am... Uh, and you were a flop on um, cool. Soccer AM when you on that. was a, a flop? Big, on big flop on Soccer that AM. That is unbelievable. People will know you from that. We are seven minutes in and you're calling me a flop. Brilliant, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I was on Soccer AM for a couple of years, uh, and I've been doing yeah. a, quite a bit of uh, acting since, yes. I mean? ruining those screens as yeah, well, of course, the big yeah. Hollywood screens as well. So, yeah. But yeah, huge Grimsby Town fan, Grimsby Torquay this weekend. I'm huge, I mean... Are r- you going? written in the stars. And
2: I, going? I do a Saturday show here with Max Rushton, yeah. and I, and which finishes at 11. How long does it take to get from London to Grimsby? In a helicopter? Uh, About an hour and a half. Not all on the money you're on, Lloyd. Thank you very uh, much.
3: Uh, but you've been to a lot of games recently, am I right? Well, I haven't, I haven't. So I've missed quite a few games. I had the Rona the other week, so I have oh. missed Grimsby, Stockport. But at least we, you know, didn't uh, come from one nil down and win two one yeah, against the. You wouldn't leaders. have
2: enjoyed that, would you? Know
3: um, missed half of the Chesterfield game the other week as well. Mm. I was uh, flying in, not on the helicopter. Uh, was doing a gig in uh, in Jersey, Manchester <laughs> Airport. Absolute shower of whatever at the moment, and so I missed the first half of the Chesterfield game Lovely. again, one nil down. And uh, ended up uh, winning four-one.
2: I don't think it's just you that misses games, Lloyd. I don't think traffic. so. I don't think it's just like you and I That's one thing we'd like to hear from you today on the tweet on the eight ten eighty-nine or at TSH and J. Do let us know how did you miss the game? Why were you late for the game? You know, were the more you stuck bizarre in, the better. Were you stuck in traffic, whatever it is, eight ten eighty-nine. Let us know
3: on, on that. Uh, which did, which game did you watch last night, Lloyd? Uh, I actually watched them all simultaneously. Did you yeah, on yeah, lots yeah. of different screens? Yeah, lots. Of, I, I'm like a trader. I've got about four or five different screens going at the same time. Uh, Chelsea Arsenal. Yes, that was the one that was on, wasn't it? Yeah, Although mainly watched that. Yeah. You
2: failed there because I listened to Manchester City. How on on Talk Sport last night? How much is the app? Brilliant. <laughs> exactly. The app is free. Brilliant. Uh, brilliant commentary from Sam Matterface. Uh, from the first half was a pretty dull game. No, no. I thought. But second half they Brighton. turned it on as soon as the floodgates opened to use a cliche that was it wasn't
3: it Brighton I do like the way Brighton played but they were playing very deep out of the back and it yeah. just undid them absolutely invites it on.
2: on you don't see it you don't see it a lot is that how Crimsby play
3: no we are very much uh, try and lump it up to the big man and the problem is we don't really have a big man oh actually we do Manny uh, dessault Waiver. yeah um but yeah, no, we, we, we sometimes we play out from the back and uh, sometimes it doesn't work.
2: And who do you think is going to win the Premier League, Lloyd? Just so we know where your allegiances stand
3: in the Premier League. as a lot of people do a lot of I Premier League chat today. I would quite like to see Liverpool win the Premier League. Yeah, but yeah. do you think they're going to? I don't think so, no. I think Manchester yeah. City will. And as Pep said last night, as long as they win all the games, they'll win the league. And I can't see them dropping any points between now and the end, Charlie. Who do you think yeah. will win? I think Manchester City will win. Yeah. But
2: we will discuss last night's game with John Cross, who is the chief football writer, for the mirror in a second, and of course, Eric Ten Hag has been announced as the Manchester yeah. United manager, rumored for weeks and months, uh, exactly.
3: But today it's official. Yeah,
2: you've been. Have you played? You've played at some ga- grounds, haven't you? You've played yeah. at some good grounds. Haven't played at Old Trafford yet. No, yet. So Ooh, if anyone's okay. listening, would love to play because I can imagine you're desperate to be on that. What's it, soccer?
3: Soccerade. Soccerade. Yeah, no, I've, I've not played I would played have thought no you'd be aid. desperate to be yeah, on I've that. Yeah, I've not played, and it's, it's through choice. Uh, through choice. Mainly my choice. Yeah. their choice. So it's their choice. <laughs> they haven't asked me. But they'll put Joel Domit in goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't even play football, let alone go in goal. But I'm not bitter about it. But
2: you did, do, I did see you do a thing once with Lionel Messi. What was that?
3: Yes, I did a thing for FIFA, EA Sports, Quest for the Best, where I went around the world to try and figure out who the best 11 players were that year. Ended up meeting Lionel Messi. Yeah. And this is the weird and, thing. And
2: when you say met God. him, did you get to have like a bit of? Small talk yep. with him. Yeah. Well, what, what did he say? Well, the
3: thing is, he can't speak English, I can't speak Spanish, okay. so we uh, spoke through emojis, basically, <laughs> on a phone, and <laughs> his agent through pigeon English. But yeah. then he said, oh, we've got a friend in common. I was like, oh, God, he thinks I'm who's Jack that? Black. This is awful. <laughs> and he went, oh, yeah, you um, mentioned uh, a lad, Joaquin Mendela, who's Pablo Zabaleta's best mate, and I know Joaquin Mendela through Martin Gritton, <laughs> your friend of mine who's coming on. So the world revolves around Martin Gritton.
2: It, it, Martin Gritton, who's going to join us later on, I, I'd read out his list of clubs. But it... Will, so the shows only till four. We, we'd be here till four o'clock. Yeah. So, but he's going to give it. League one and League two is getting very, very exciting. Very, very exciting. Very, very exciting. Um, Bunched up in the playoffs. So that. that's you having small talk with with Lionel Messi. Yeah. And we wanted to do on the not. Not only did we want to do, why were you late for the game um, on on eight ten eighty nine? We all we also wanted to do. I th- I thought I saw Lionel Messi, but it was. So this is when you think you've seen yeah. a famous footballer and it turns out to be, you know, John the Builder from down the road instead. Yeah.
3: You might have been in Newport Pagnell Services and you thought you might have been sharing your not sharing a urinal, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> a urinal next to, say, Paul Skulls, But actually, it's just a trucker who's delivering some flowers from Holland. I don't know. Something like that, Charlie.
2: So, something like that. So, look, let's have those. When did you think you saw a famous footballer and it turned out to be somebody else? And why were you late?
3: I've never shared a urinal, just want to put that out there. Never, sh- okay. Not with anyone? Not with anyone, no.
2: No. <laughs> just have your own private one wherever you go or just wait for people to leave? No, I mean,
3: just not at the same time. Do you know I mean? I'm, Great, I'm sure yeah. I have shared your eye with someone in the past, but never sure. at the same time. I can understand that. Okay. I can understand that. So we'll take some of those.
2: And we're going to be at Burnley, Southampton tonight, so we're going to be speaking to uh, Ewan, Thomas, Ewan Thomas, who's not only a British Olympic sprinter, he is also uh, a big Southampton
3: fan. What short time over 100
2: metres, Lloyd? Could you over 100
3: metres? I think... What, what, what did he do it in? 100. Well, he was a 400, 400 metre runner, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So 100 metres, I'll do it about uh, 15.6... About um, yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah, yeah. Little stopovers each night. OK, well, that sounds right. very good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
4: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hi boys,
2: many years ago I went to watch Chester at Bournemouth, it was twenty miles away, and at twelve thirty the bus driver decided to have another <laughs> stop. <laughs> Got stuck in traffic, got there at half-time, they let us in for half-price, and it ended up nil-nil from Paul the Posty. There we are, that was because Lloyd's right. missed about four games in the last six weeks.
3: Well, I've just, I have just missed another game, February 2009, Grimsby versus Barnet at Underhill. Uh, the tube was broken, so ended up getting a train. Half-time missed four goals. There they, we are. they Unlike Paul the Posty, they made us pay full price at half-time. Yeah. They went for a burger, uh, missed Jamal Edwards' penalty, and uh, only saw one goal out of six goals.
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: Yeah, this is Charlie Baker and Lloyd Griffith with you through till four o'clock in for Hawksby and Jacobs. I'm thrilled to say that Lawrence Booth, the Wisden editor and Daily Mail cricket writer, has joined us in the studio. Good afternoon, Lawrence. Good afternoon. Lovely, lovely to uh, Wisden. It's, it feels like Cricketers' Christmas
5: coming out once a year. <laughs> That's the hope. It's a big day. It's a yeah. big day. We get to talk about it. And, and in,
2: like. a, in an ever digitised world, to have an actual analogue book in front of us is, is a is a good thing.
5: Well, we're always told it, it won't work, especially with the stats in Wisden. Yeah, they get overtaken by the second in on online, but somehow Wisden has been going since 1864. People still like collecting. They still like browsing it. They like the opinions, I hope. Yeah. And people, uh, people go to the shops and, and keep forking out for it. So.
2: Obviously, obviously, you have to mirror what's gone on in the year that, that you're covering, it's not been really a great year for, I think you say it's an Anna's hor- horribilis. You know? Yeah, a um, bit,
5: bit it, of Latin. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not been a great year. Um, you know, off the field we've had the racism scandal mm-hmm. precipitated by Azim Rafiq and the yeah. allegations he made against Yorkshire and the ECB chief exec summoned him by parliamentary committees to explain himself and then of course, off, on the field, one win in 17 tests and the resignation of the captain recently of Joe Root. So a combination of that has 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 not looked very good for England
2: yeah asim Rafiq writes powerfully in 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 wisdom this year about his experiences at at york at Yorkshire. did you approach him to do that
5: yeah, I got in touch and he you know he he, he he's very open to talk he wants to get his experiences out there and what he's done is create a, a space for other uh players of you know of different ethnic groups so asian players anglo Caribbean players guys who didn't previously have a voice and they felt emboldened to come forward and talk mm. about their own experiences so he's, he was a crucial figure in cricket last year for reasons he'd rather not have had but he's, uh. he's been very courageous in the way he spoke out
2: and now of course you always do the leading cricketers in in the world and, and uh, the leading men's cricketer in the world is Joe Root the leading women's cricketer in the world is, is Lizelle Lee um, Joe Root might be a surprise for some people because obviously he's just had to resign as England captain for not having some great series but I mean what it almost makes him a better player because of of what he's had to do at the same time
5: yeah I mean obviously we've not chosen him for his captaincy which which fell away quite badly Um, we've chosen him for his batting he he scored 1,708 test runs last year which is the I'll give you a wisdom stat here. It's the third highest annual tally by a test cricket in history. So he pulled oh, no. And so he you'd have to have the books
2: to be able to go back and check that exactly. out.
5: Exactly. That's why Wisden exists, so we can exactly. justify future editions, basically. <laughs> um, no, he, he was outstanding. In, in a struggling team, next on that list was Rory Burns with 530, an absolute mile behind yeah. Joe Root. So they had a bad year without him. They'd have had a terrible year.
3: Who, who collects all these stats? Do you know what I mean? Because obviously you see the books, you know, in the shops. My uh, my brother-in-law, he's got an absolute shed load of them that go back from, collectors, you know, where yeah. we... yeah. collector And yeah. they're real collectors' items, but just who collects and who collates all these stats? Is it just you? Is there a team? No, God, I'd love to take
5: credit for <laughs> it. <I> mean, books <laughs> everywhere, I'm assuming. <laughs> exactly, yeah, as yeah. You say earlier My wife as, hates it.
3: <laughs> as no. you say earlier as well, the 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 stats are changing by the second.
5: Yeah, absolutely. No, we have a, there's a guy called Philip Bailey, who looks... He's a, he's a member of the Association of Cricket Statisticians and Historians, and he he takes care of our record section, which has the numbers. chap called Andrew Sampson, uh, he helps out with statistics. So we have a little sort of team that puts it together, and I just sort of tick off those pages at the end.
3: And not to get too nerdy, but I presume that system has changed over the years as well, going from probably quite a large book to then now digitised.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's still a lot of sort of manual checking. They're going through scorecards from, you know, Sri Lankan domestic cricket, making sure they add up wow. so that the Sri Lankan averages make sense. There's a lot of work behind the scenes just for producing a small table. So it's a, it's a labour of love in many ways.
3: Um, I, I presume your
5: bookcase at home is yellow. I do have a yellow side to my study, which where all the wisdoms I've got. Not a full house, actually, but really? um, I, I thought when I got the job I was going to get a full house <laughs> yeah, yeah, free. They, but they oh said, no, they, they
2: send up, they send them all to you, and you know, you thought you'd that would well, exactly,
5: and I'd quit after one Big year and disappear turn and up, yeah. and <laughs> flog them immediately, They'd make a fortune. But no, it didn't work out like that, and no. um, so I have to keep sort of editing them to get them.
2: Um, In your notes, your editor's notes, you start by saying, can there ever have been a bigger gap between what English cricket hoped to be and what it was between reality and fantasy, which I think is is very, very true, Lawrence. Is it disappointing to feel like that?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, English cricket went into last year with high hopes. At the start of the summer, Joe Root was talking about winning seven tests out of seven Mm -hmm. against New Zealand and India. Well, they won one in the end. Uh, And then he goes to the Ashes and, of course other series have sort of been sacrificed on the altar of the ashes we're going to be ready for the ashes we're going to rest and rotate players in advance they get to the ashes and they drop drop Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad for the first yeah. test so it's like they're preparing for the third test by which time it's 2-0 to Australia and it's series over so I felt there were a series of bad decisions made last year held England back and it, Root had to go really lovely guy but he, he wasn't the captain in England hoped he would be
2: I've got a friend who's like super super rich because he's you. in he's in here. <laughs> <laughs> he's in high finance and what he does is look back at old books and old ledgers and he can predict the future by what's happened in the past and that's, um, that's that's w- what he does can, we employ him? Wayne? can you do this with wisdom can you look through <laughs> old wisdoms and go this is how english cricket will change for the better
5: well there's probably sort of those acrostics in there where you can read the first letter of each sentence and it spells out you, know, <laughs> you will die in 2037 so we'll, well see maybe I'll give that a crack.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, it has it has evolved and one of the elements that's in the book is the Woman's Hundred which was a huge event this year yeah, a huge success and yeah. I mean that, that section of the book is just only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger um, w- were you there for the Hundred?
5: I was I was there the first night at the Oval which was uh, they they. They took a bit of a risk. They started with the women's game, Mobile yeah. Invincibles against Manchester Originals. And it, it was a, a, a roaring success. I mean, yeah. I, I went into it as a sceptic and I came out of the women's hundred, not the men's, but the women's as a fan. And I think that was a massive turning point for, for women's cricket, I hope. Uh, it got them playing on the same sort of, well, it was a level playing field essentially with the yeah. men. They were getting in the same um, exposure. They were having I mean, double headers with the men, which helped. So fans mm. were getting to see both games and... Took it to a level It hadn't been that before
3: And so many girls In the crowd as well So many girls yeah. So many women It yeah, just yeah. it just seemed like Everyone's Everyone's welcome here It was Yeah, yeah that's right. Amazing it was Very, very good yeah.
2: um, I think you went to print A little bit too late Didn't you To To uh, Be able to Pay tribute to Shane Warne um, Who is, won't be in this. I'm assuming he'll be in most of the, ne- the next wisdom, yeah. which may, may have been disappointing for you, but does give you a lead-up time to, to give him uh, a, a, a proper look, uh, look back at his life.
5: That's right. In fact, we were we were sort of printing literally as the the news came through, and we <coughs> did make an inquiry of the printers. who are based in Italy, weirdly. Um, it's like, can you stop the press? And we could do a quick page or so, and they yeah. said, like, look, we, we printed too many. It would have been it would have been too much for change. But you know, I'm pretty relaxed about that. I and mean, the way wisdom works is that. 20 years on you'd, you'd expect to pick up Wisdom 2023 and read about Shane Warne sure, you wouldn't right. necessarily expect to pick up Wisdom 22 yeah. and read about but yeah there'll be a lot of pages dedicated to him next year I'm sure of that
2: yeah I mean like Test cricket isn't it? sort of just it happens it'll happen eventually yeah. and, You
5: we'll know, it'll,
2: it'll happen over five <laughs> days yeah and one of the things you've got is ai uh, um, don't know if you always do photos um, and so, but this year it's Musical Masters in uh, Wisdom Cricketers Almanac 2022 you've got um, I know I knew a lot of the Rolling Stones were were big cricket fans, and as um, uh, Charlie Watts gets an obituary in *Wisden*, which is that is that given as a. Quite, if you're not a cricketer, is that quite a, a high-status thing to, to receive?
5: Yeah, we're always on the lookout for cricket-loving celebs, essentially. So so people who made their sort of name in another walk of life but always went to the cricket. And Charlie Watts was one of those guys. Mm. He was absolutely obsessed with cricket. In fact, the picture we've got to illustrate is a bitry. was with Mick Jagger sitting yeah. next to him, was another famous cricket fan. And Bob Dylan, uh, sorry, Bob Willis, whose middle name was Dylan. Dylan. That's yeah, why I yeah, got yeah. confused yeah. there for a second. <laughs> Um and in the, the middle there yeah yeah the, the, sure. the other picture we've got is is John Lennon um, so we got we got a couple of stones and we have got a beatle he was he was filming this sort of flop of a film um in Spain and in the middle of the film, he had a quick break, and he, he start He plays a little forward de- cheeky forward defensive, yes. and we got the picture from side on. So that that's a lovely moment. It, it doesn't look bad
2: actually. I, I'm just looking at the picture now, and I think the wicket is a sort of suitcase, a very thin Absolutely. suitcase. It's... They're in the middle of the desert, and it's how I won the war, which was uh, the film. he just I don't know if you've seen the latest Get Back documentary that it, that is uh, eight hours long.
5: I've not. <laughs>
2: you've not. Maybe next next, next yeah, rain tomorrow, delay tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe next a, <laughs> next time there's a rain delay in the in the in the test, maybe stick it on. Yeah. And he's just finished. Uh, 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 filming that then, yeah. So, but, but it's a great, it's a, it's a great shot. And there's one of Elton John as well there, who's uh, so is pictured with uh, Bernie Coleman at the MCG following an England victory in December 1986. Looks like, he's
3: got sh- looks like he's got champagne all the way down yeah, his front. It looks like he spilled
5: that's something. that's Almost there. certainly so, the case. England <laughs> were celebrating the Ashes, a rare win in Australia, and he, he was a huge cricket fan. He joined in all the celebrations. He's a huge cricket fan. Yeah, oh, massive. Oh,
3: I did not know that. Yeah, there
2: oh, we, we are. are. And you revise some career stats as well, including WG Grace and Jack Hobbs, the greats.
5: Yes, uh, this is quite rabbit holy in cricket, but basically the Association of Cricket Statisticians have always argued that some of WG Grace's stats don't stack up. Okay. he was the only guy in some games who whose the numbers counted towards his first class record, and we finally Wisden's finally turned around and gone. Yeah, we we've probably been getting it wrong down the years. It's Pele's
2: goals, isn't it? It's, it's the the that Pele kind of goals argument. <laughs> you need that, yeah, to
5: get sure. the the right number for WG, and I think we finally settled
2: on it. Right? Good stuff. So, how do people? Uh, but buy the wisdom. I'm assuming you don't pop into a to, to a bookshop, or well, you can you, you do it. can, you can do it if you want absolutely, to absolutely.
5: Yeah. yeah, pop into bookshops, or you can subscribe on uh, the Bloomsbury website or Wisdom.com website. You can get effectively two wisdoms for the price of one, mm-hmm. su- successive years. So, um, and, and all respectable bookshops should have a copy.
2: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast, live and exclusive on Talksport on the app. Tyson Fury versus Dillian White, including Talksport's top top fight team. I don't believe there is a better team in the world than Adam Cattrell and our next guest, Gareth A. Davis. Hey, Gareth, are you excited?
1: Oh, I am. Uh, 48 hours out um, from these big fights. It's, all, it's a brilliant moment. I'm shifting myself between radio shows like yours and tonight's show. We've got seven hours with myself, Adam, and Spencer Oliver joining us in the studio. have got hours. voices from all the week. I'm writing loads of things. It, it is... I'm doing video. It's, it's. I'm just right in the heart of it, and it's so fascinating. The closer you get, the more you tend to give the the underdog a chance. I've just had a a Zoom call with Dillian White three hours ago for half an hour, where he's in a brilliant mindset, and he needs to be to beat the Gypsy King Tyson Fury on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, he joined Jim this morning. We have got a bit of audio from that. Let's hear that.
4: There's a code here. There's a, there's a warrior code here, and a code of honor. That's if you respect me, I respect him. He understands. He can, you know, he said a lot of things. That's people at the start of fights and camp. He like to say things to get yourself into camp and motivate yourself and this and the other. But he understands me. He knows me. I, I've, I've lived with them. He understands. I've been to many camps with them, so he understands what I'm about. He understands my life. So he understands. I don't take. I don't take crap from no one. So he knows. I'm not the kind of guy that you, you step to and say certain things to without and things turning sour real quick. So, obviously, he knows Wilder's not a real warrior. Wilder's a strong guy. He can punch, whatever. Um, but he knows he's not. He, he have not got that real warrior mindset, a real warrior code. So, if you would just understand that he can bully him and, and and get on top of him and break him down mentally, but he knows he can't do it with me, you know?
2: These post-training camp days between press conferences and weigh-ins and the build-up to the fight, they must be odd days for fighters because they know they've got a job to do. Gareth, you've been around hundreds of fighters. What's your experience of that?
1: Yeah, I think that, I mean, we saw that. It was born out, as Dillian was saying, that you can hear him. He's absolutely primed for the fight. He's not emotional. He's been very emotional in the past. He just knows it's business at this point. now. Very much the business end of it. There's been no emotional build-up because he didn't attend the the press conference or he wasn't around very much in the lead-up to this fight. He took just his contractual obligations to Mm -hmm. do press conference, play-in and fight. And he's got all his reserves inside himself. We saw that with both men yesterday when they calmed their entourages at the press conference, and that was key. You could see that they have a deep respect for each other. Neither is undermining or underestimating the other man. They know it will all come down to how they control the space between them at 10 o'clock on Saturday night with 94,000 people in the stadium <laughs> and probably more than a million watching uh, on the pay-per-view. It, it's... You know, it's extraordinary to be around these characters. Like you say, what they do is they sleep, they relax, they eat, they do their media duties, they have, they'll rub down, they have a walk, they, they, they have a little jog maybe, they'll just hit the pads for a while. All the hard work's been put in in the last eight to ten weeks. Dillian's been in his fortress home, in <laughs> inverted in Portugal, in the Algarve. No one's disturbed him. He's, he's had very few media trips to see him. He's primed. He's ready. This is his moment. He's got an mm. extraordinary back story. I, mean, I wrote a piece on him in the telegraph on Tuesday, you know, about this story about how, you know, as a teenager, he was shot and stabbed when he was living in London, became a father at 13. Mm. He struggled to survive in life in jamaica as a young child he's a remarkable man in so many ways he's really turned his life around and we know the narrative of tyson fury it's out there this 400 pound man four years ago five years ago who got his life back on track after beating vladimir klitschko and winning the world title for the first time and then when had those epic three fights with Deontay wilder in america it's brilliant there's so many narratives so many storylines it's fantastic to be in the middle of it. And these guys are born to fight and they get better and better. And, you know, we, we have a fantastic fight on our hands, as you say, live on Talk Sports on Saturday night.
3: I um, I interviewed Dillian about four or five years ago and he's been asking yeah. for a, a big fight for years. He's fought so many people, but he's been asking for this big Big fight for so many years. And now he's finally got it. Do you know what I mean? He's been wanting to fight Joshua for for, for years. You know, he said he'll fight Fury whenever. Now he's got that chance. How does he? How does he beat Fury when it looks like everything is stacked in Fury's favour?
1: Well, he he does what Dillian White does best, which is comes for a war. um, Mm. He will be patient in this fight, as Tyson Fury will, because on paper... Tyson Fury ought to be able to stay on the back foot, use his jab, use that elusive movement he's got, and then come in and exchange when he feels he's controlling the timing and the rhythm of the fight. Dillian White will want to press. Uh, they'll, they'll both feel each other out early on in terms of the space between them. Right. Um, and he's got to get close in on Tyson Fury, and that's the difficulty. To a much taller man with the longer reach, I think, six-inch reach advantage. Tyson Fury, 78 inches to 84 inches, six inches uh, reach mm. advantage. So, yeah, six inches height advantage. So he's going to take his opportunities when they come, but he really believes in himself and, and you can feel that and see that when you're around him and close to him. And, and that's why yeah. I didn't want to expend any any silly energy that uh, he won't at, at, at the, the weigh-in, I imagine. I think that, you know... Um, they're, they're both prime. Look, they're in the prime of their careers. T- Tyson Fury will not want to lose to Dillian White. And Dillian White mm. could take this moment and to make a legacy moment and make it life changing because he's got amazing fights ahead of him. If, if Dillian White wins this, he could have a rematch with Tyson Fury. He could fight the winner of Alexander Usyk yeah. and then Joshua when they fight. There's so much at stake. It's a very high reward, high risk fight, especially for Tyson Fury. And I think, you know, it's, it's uh, from my standpoint, this is Tyson Fury's fight to lose because he's got so many ways of boxing. He's got to be careful not to be drawn into a dogfight, mm-hmm. um, a toe-to-toe battle with Dillian White, which which he was, by the way, in the third fight with Yontay with Wilder. Oh, well, yeah. That's what Dillian will want. That's his best opportunity.
2: Uh, Dillian actually shared his uh, fight strategy with Jim this morning.
4: I just got to deal with him by doing what I got to do. He's a big guy, his head moves, his body moves, his, his head moves, his feet move, body doesn't move. Sometimes being big can also be a disadvantage as well, you know. And I'm a fight, I'm a warrior, I'm a survivor, and a grinder. So I'll find a way. And I don't care. If I gotta hit you in your knees, and your elbows, I don't care. As <laughs> long as I'm landing something, that's all that matters. So he's
2: basically saying, <laughs> I'm just gonna try and hit him, <laughs> knees and
1: elbows. <laughs> Well, and the, the the knee punch is an unusual in heavyweight boxing. <laughs> is it legal? Is it legal? It's below the belt, it's isn't it? It's definitely below the belt. It is very below the belt, very much below the belt. But what he's saying there, of course, is, look, it's a massive target for me. I'm going to hit his chest. I'm going to hit his body. And he's right, not just punch up um, and not just go headhunting. Um, but like you said, hit him around the middle. Um, maybe the odd punch will land on the thigh. It won't be deliberate. But he's going to let his hands go and he's going to let them go in range. And Dillian White is, as he says, he is a warrior. I mean, he called me out yesterday uh, at the press conference for making comments and spoke to him today. And he said, I'm going to have to have a word with you when, when we're face to face. Because you said I wasn't at the first press conference. Dillian White is very straight talking, very straightforward. And he will bring that on Saturday night.
2: There we are, uh, Gareth. Thanks so much. I love, I love uh, Fight Night with you and, and Adam, and I'm very excited for it this Saturday night, especially. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. That was Gareth A. Davis, Talksport fight night host, and of course, Saturday night seven thirty on the app and live on the radio, free on the radio, of course, from seven thirty. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Lloyd, have been what have have we been asking? Or I can't can't remember. We've been asking the uh, the the...
3: the listeners. We've been asking them if they've ever turned up late to a football match or any other sporting event. We've had a couple of cricket ones in there. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also been asking if people have. mistakenly identified someone somewhere for someone that isn't does that make oh, yeah, sense that was, and
2: then we got one of those here this is, I was on holiday in Spain 30 years ago and as an Evertonian couldn't wait for the new bar that was opening on nice. my last night there all week I'd seen a sign for Andy Gray's new bar <sighs> couldn't believe it when I got there found out it read Andy and Gary's new bar right, okay, not Andy enough. Gray at all not no, Andy Gray. very different things I think good job they weren't trying
3: to sign Andy Gray and ended up with Andy and Gary I've uh, got one, uh, someone that's missed a game. Mr. Dennis twer- over overhead kick against Newcastle in 1976 Ooh. League Cup final. He scored in the 46th minute. We were walking back with our burgers after oh, halftime yeah. when he scored. Paul McGrath in Stockport. No, not that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's a blue. I once, enough, the, I once missed the World Olympics uh, pole vault record. You, you did. You're not reading I this as it. a text message. No, no, I did, yeah. I did. Uh, the World Olympics pole vault indoor record because i was getting a burger you've been
3: serious yeah that's, imagine imagine i don't think they should like should sell burgers no, at athletics. i don't think they should either like, football should just... i get it but athletics it's just a bit like <laughs> you don't want that smell of the onions uh, the, just imagine going around that. you're doing a uh, your 60 meter sprint and everyone's doing the little clap aren't they they're yeah. wafting it around
2: you've got, <laughs> you've got burgers mustard onions oh. wafting in your face you should it's have like, edamame
3: beans yeah, peas Rice? Is that healthy? I you, don't know. You've changed since you left Grimsby. Now, in all <laughs> yeah, those big words. Yeah, rice. Right. There we are. At the
2: moment. Let us know what you missed because you were getting a burger. That's We'll, we'll open smorted. it out. We'll open it out. Thank there you. we are. Very, very good. Hey, Marcel uh, van der Kran is joining us now because Eric Ten Hag has been made Manchester United manager, been announced today. For next season. For next season. I don't think he's starting just yet. Just but let's, yet. let's ask Marcel. He'll know more than us. Good afternoon, Marcel. Hi, right, guys. Not starting quite yet, but uh, it seems very positive for Manchester United, this move.
6: Well, he's got time to get used to the smell of burgers and
3: onions, <laughs> not <doesn't he? laughs>
6: Do they not have burgers and
3: onions in Holland?
6: No, no, that football matches. No, no, it's all croquettes and you know, different kind of sausages, oh, bit of balls. I like and the sound of that. You know, it's totally different. Yeah, no, it's quite nice. And, and yeah, when I come to England and when I used to live in England... I used
3: to love that, the burgers and the audience. Yeah, uh, Marcel, I'll take you to a Grimsby game. you absolutely love the food down there. You
2: don't want to do it. I mean, actually, Gr- Grimsby's probably closer to Holland than it is to Manchester you, anyway. You can, so.
3: you, can get a, you can get a ferry from Hull. Actually, I'm not sure that's going at the moment. Let's not talk about that.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, Eric Ten Hag, you'll know more about him than either of us will. This seems he's had a, it's taken a while. He's had a lot of big talk about him. Is this the positive step that Manchester United need?
6: Well, it is a thing for Manchester United, if he can get everything how he wants it. And the reason why it took so long is because Red Bull Leipzig were a serious contender. I think a lot of people have underestimated how close he was also Mm -hmm. to signing for Red Bull. And here comes the point then for Eric Terragh. That would have been a much more comfortable position, a comfortable future for him, and it would have been a step in his from from the back garden. It's like, I think it's a two-minute walk into the German border uh, area. And that would have been his second home, it's his second language. He loves German, and yet he chooses to go to Old Trafford where everything is upside down, mm-hmm. where the football is no longer how people want it, and he has to change it all.
3: Um, Marcel, what's the view of the Dutch fans in particular? Ajax fans. Are they gutted that he's going? Was it inevitable? Did they think they'll be able to only be able to hold on for him for a certain period? What, what are they saying out there?
6: Well, it is a similar story to when they lose their players. They know when the big guns come, uh, you lose your man, and. It's happened to Frankie de Jong going to Barcelona. Matt is the to Juventus, 70, 80 million. Well, unfortunately for the fans, that's what they regret most. I think they're only paying uh, one and a half million for Ten Hag because he's been one of the best managers for many years uh, at that club. And that is where they are very sorry to see him go because he was not only successful in Holland, which most managers can, can do that job when they're in charge of Ajax with good players with more money than any other Dutch clubs. But he's done it in Europe, in the Champions League, against Juventus, against Real Madrid, Mm. in in all the big games. And that's where he bowled everybody over with a playing style, which was so recognizable. He made it easy for players to fit in, even when the likes of Frankie de Jong and Matthijs de all the big guns had, had left. And they automatically fit into his system because that's what he's well he's implemented that into the team into the,
3: the club mm-hmm. and does that open the door again for, for Donny van der Beek obviously he played under um, Ten Hag at um, Ajax does that open the door for him do you think that he'll be able to get the best out of him because obviously he came to Man United and it just did not work obviously shipped back out to, to Everton do you think that opens the door for him now if uh,
6: there is a battle at the bookies I'd go down this afternoon and you know put money on Donny van der Beek in a red top um, on the first of July. Really? I think he wow. will uh, come back. Yes, yes. I think he's a kind of player. Maybe not such a big name, not uh, a superstar, but he but he does he does everything um, that yeah that goes with his style of play, with the attacking football, with the running, with but only in, in a in a certain surrounding and in a format. The, the, the yeah, what, what you call it, the fluid rotation yeah. format of his teams. Because if we look at Ajax, if I can give one example, none of their players were superstars. He brought back four or five players from the Premier League who were never superstars there. Daley Blink, Martin Stecklenberg, Sebastian Haller, uh, Steven Berg as at Watford. I think he hardly played yeah. a few games there. And yet suddenly, Haller's top scorer of Ajax, top scorer in the Champions League in Holland, Uh, Stephen Berghaus is the most important number 10 they've had for years. Uh, Davy Klassen scoring, you know, in in the cup final, in, in all the big games, never did it for Everton. And yet in that style of play, they're comfortable. And maybe that is the big difference.
2: Does he work quickly? Because I think people want a quick fix, but I think they understand that they have to get into, you know, a, a long process. Like, I mean, it's taken it's taken Jurgen Klopp a, a course, while. Yeah. It took Pep Guardiola a little while to to do it. It's not just throwing money at it. W- w- do you think he'll he'll be able to take some time?
6: He w- he will go uh, on the training ground very very intense. He will um, spend loads of hours with them. I think that, that he will board the in the beginning because. He will demand so much from them on that training ground, Mm. but he needs to, if he wants to change the style and, in the end, the identity of Manchester United's first team and maybe the club. But then again, did Pep Guardiola win anything in his first season? I don't think he did. And yet, he needs a couple of transfer windows. Uh, He needs needs time, but you get it at a club of the size of Manchester United. It's not Ajax. It's not uh, any other club in Europe. It is Man United, one of the five, in my opinion, biggest clubs in the world. People want results, don't they? They pay mm. money.
3: And just lastly, Marcel. Obviously, he's still at Ajax until the end of the season. Doesn't go to Man United until next season. Do you think he will have an eye on United season this end of this season, and also be looking at who he wants to recruit while still at Ajax? He's got a cup final, isn't he? Yeah,
6: he, he lost the cup final. He needs to win, and if he wants to walk out in a decent way for the Ajax fans he must win that last premier league uh, dutch eredivisie right. title. And um it it's going to be hard to make everybody calm down again because there's been unrest here. In England it was a bit of a an issue you know is he coming Is he is he not coming but so it was in in the Amsterdam arena the fans were fed up with it in the end. Please make it announce it, you know, we know we might, we might lose it, but at least tell us, because then we, we can calm down and focus on the league, and I think that is the reason why today they announced it.
2: Uh, Marcel, you've been fantastic. Thank you Thank so much. You, I, I feel like I know a lot more about him than I did five minutes ago, which I think is the point of the interview, is it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to say his name properly. Yes, now. You you're, ten, saying
2: ten, you're not saying the G, we're all saying a hard G. Does that annoy you, Marcel, we're all saying hag.
6: Um, You know, if you look at his assistant, Mitchell van der Haag. Oh, and van der Haag, <laughs> oh God! Everyone's uh... going
2: to think they've got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> going to be a nightmare. Yeah. We'll try and we'll try and we'll try and get the soft G on the end. Marcel van der Graan. There we are. I went gotcha. for it on his name as well. There we are. Thank <laughs> you very much. There we are. How are you going to say it, Lloyd? From now uh, on, van <laughs> yeah, and people will think <laughs> yeah. I'm Dutch. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Eric ten, Ha? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, this is Charlie Baker and Lloyd Griffith. We've been asking what you what goals you missed because of the toilet, going to the toilet or why you were late for the game. Eight ten eighty nine. Paul from Hythe in Kent. I was in the toilet when Michael Owens scored that yeah. amazing goal against Argentina. Yeah. Do you
3: think he was in In our, at, he, was there, or he was there? He was just at, the game. at home in the toilet. I'm not entirely sure. I mean I'm hoping he was at the game otherwise. That it, that is a random text, isn't it? Well. Just a bloke turn as he went to the toilet. Which, if I'm honest, I've been saying that all day. Yeah,
2: i we have been saying that, I've exactly. uh, got
3: James from Wrexham oh, saying yeah. we were a group of six season ticket holders at Wrexham. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks ago, you may remember our home game with Dover. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember that because I, I was at a Grimsby game and I was watching this intently on the on the texts. Four out of the six left when we were 5-2 down, only for us to come back and win the game 6-5. Yes. The walk into the turf post-match was rather smug. Yeah, I bet Rex, it was. Wrexham
2: just... doing very well in the National League. Uh, uh, both Lloyd and I are... Big Vanarama National League fans, Talk yes. United and Grimsby Town. They play each other this Saturday. Um, as this is the, your first time doing this show, Lloyd. Co-hosting. Co-hosting. I thought I would put together a little quiz for you. As well. There's no oh. birthday spread today. And the quiz is called Vanarama yep. or Shamarama. It already. Okay. And uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to read you out some names. And you have to tell me if they're actual Vanarama players or if they are shamarama that you've fake, made up, that I've made up fake players. Probably people's names in existence, but just not. I can imagine. Play... Yeah. Okay, okay. are You, are you okay. up for that? Oh, I'm very I've up for that. F- I've got five of each. If it feels like it's going on too long, yeah. Which it, it may do. Yeah. It may do. Just we'll the dead air. Bomb. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll cut cut out of it. Yeah. And maybe come back to it a bit later. on. Okay. Cool. I believe, is this the tension music? Is it? Do we want anything more upbeat than this, or are we having? This is you know, quite masterminded is at this late stage we should have done more production okay on it, no, that's course, very enough, we yeah. here we go, so so i'm going to give you two names and you have to tell me which one's the real one and yep. which one this is the sham is the sham arama vanarama or shamarama here we go uh, tyrese long <laughs>
3: or jordan Davies? i think tyrese long <laughs> is a vanarama player i think jordan is in fact a sham you are wrong. Oh, what? Jordan Davis plays for
2: Wrexham in Doesn't the midfield, it? and Tyrese Long. I pulled it out of my That's own right. head.
3: You, you, you should work for Pro Evolution Soccer. <laughs> yes, that Coming was good. Coming up with footballers' names. So It's
2: currently one 0 to Torquay. <laughs> All right, this, no, this is not. He's <laughs> not There it's we are. Happen, There he's so. gone very well. Very okay, enough. here we go. James Dunn. Yep.
3: Phil Jensen Richards. Oh, this is good. This is a good game. I um, I hope the listeners are enjoying it cuz I uh, uh, can go. have him again. F- Phil Dunn. Phil Dunn. Yeah. And Phil and J- Phil no, sorry. James Dunn. James Dunn. Or Phil Jensen, Richard's Vanarama or Shamarama. I think I'd have heard of Jensen Richards. So I'm going to say Jensen Richards is Shamara Shamarama. And I'm going to say James Dunn is the real player.
2: You are correct. Yes. James Dunn is a End box to box midfielder. Phil Jensen Richards came out of my own head. Bottom. It is one also, all.
3: Jensen Richards trying to put that on
2: a on a national league shirt. Man, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it going down there. Okay, here we go. It's Vanarama or Shamarama. It's Lloyd Griffith and Charlie Baker with you through till four o'clock. Not playing this till four o'clock.
3: I will say that. Harry Boys, Sam Jobs, Harry Boys. He sounds like he could have played for Grimsby in the 1930s. Harry, Harry Boys, Boys or, or Sam Jobs? Sam Which Sam one's Jobs. Vanarama? Which one's Shamarama? Harry Boys is Vannerama. Jobs is Shamarama. Harry Boys, come on!
2: Harry Boys plays for Solihull Moors. Yes, go on, Harry very, Boys. Very good. That very is good. good. Sam Jobs is a made-up person. There we are. It's 2-1 to Grimsby. But if you are called that
3: person in real life, you're not made up. It's just I think sort of I've of messed up with the last couple. I think you've got to win this. Here, okay, we, go. here, we, go. here we go. Are they all Grimsby players? Mike Crack.
2: What? <laughs> <laughs>
3: kyle cameron kyle cameron obviously is you've you've you you've lost the plot here lost the plot so you know mike who crack, he is mike crack you have tried to be
2: funny that here. wasn't mine that was our producer's one uh, so which there producer? we are john was it, it was it, it john okay not yeah, real, although he important. is the team principal of the aston Martin formula one team so he's a real person <laughs> who,
3: who's 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 the actual Giovanni rama player uh,
2: kyle cameron is a centre-back for Notts county oh are. really agent oh
3: is he the guy with Kyle the mullet
2: has he got the mullet agent camp uh, uh, mullet at the moment I haven't played for a while but uh, yeah oh, I
3: remember good centre back there we are we and the last
2: one we Mental. On. Josh Umaira Johnny Ratner
3: Josh Umaira plays in the Vanarama he does he yeah. plays for Wealdston Yeah. there we are what's
2: let me down is the producer did a couple of these <laughs> and, and he's letting blame. it and I, he should, I should have done my own quiz should have uh, e- done E-Sports my own quiz. Talkie as know, well. Exactly, it's unbelievable. So there we are. And also,
3: you because you've got some incredible um, players' names, haven't you? So you've got Armani Little, who's the lemony guy. Yeah, Connor Con- Lemon Evans. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. That, that is fantastic. unbelievable. They're, you should have put them in. There we are. Is, it, is that it? Have
2: we done it. That's it. You won four one. Yes. Grimsby Town win four one. That's what's going to happen on Saturday. There we
3: are. Did you enjoy Vanarama or Shamarama? Love that. If I were you, I'm not a betting man, but Grimsby to beat Torquay on Saturday four one. Decent odds on that. I'd say at least twenty five to one. Better than Streets of Doyen probably. And there we are. Yes, I, well, I was listening.
2: There we are. Uh, was that Wembley watching Bolton in the Leyland Daft Trophy final against Torquay back in the day? We went 1 0 down early on when I felt ill and ended up in the first aid re- <laughs> room for the remainder of the game. Bolton won 4 2 and missed all our goals. Yeah, that's Torquay United. <laughs> All over, basically. Uh, basically we won a Sherpa, an actual Sherpa van for that, Lloyd. Yeah, there
3: we are. Did you? Yeah, we did. Oh, fair play. Very very good. I've got one here. Can I read it out? Of course you can. Guys, great show. Not even made it up. They've actually put it in there. Thank you very much. <laughs> First game of the season, Wraith Rovers versus Hamilton. We were 4-0 up at half-time with 20 minutes to go. Around 200 travelling fans. Got up, left the ground disgruntled, only to miss the team. Score four in the last 20. 4-4 <laughs> four, four at the end. Have you not? I bet someone left at Istanbul. I bet the Liverpool game. Oh, I bet someone left time. I miss the traffic. Yeah, <laughs> traffic
2: to the <laughs> airport the <laughs> for
3: me. Three AM flight back. Get oh, on the De- beers. Dennis
2: so. Bergman's is a pro Evo legend. We'll take your pro Evo names. Oh yeah, please. We'll take those. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast news. Justin. car news. Justin. Go on, Lloyd. The Moose. Drives a Vauxhall, which we can see. Of course, he does, can't it? Doesn't he? That have been fourth on the list. We don't know the model just yet. Do you want to have a guess Insignia. at the model? Insignia. Ins- you think it's a Vauxhall? Can we get Ins- confirmation on that? Well, we're just we're going to find out for you if you want to. 81089. If you want to, if you want to, uh, we've asked the question apparently. Okay, the producer cool. has asked the question of the Moose, what car, which model of voxel is it? has been almost a guess. 81089. Before that comes in, can you ask Lloyd if I can have my ticket back? John McAtee Sr. Uh, any,
0: any
3: <laughs> you tell us the story behind that, Lloyd, well, or not? Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, no, I went to see uh, Man City versus Brentford a okay. few weeks back with the Blossoms lads and also uh, and Stu off of Soccer now, oh, is yeah. uh, at Celebrity Brentford. friends, yeah. Celebrity friends, yeah. And we oh, were. In a box with uh, Cole Palmer, yeah, we were, yeah. Um, And as I was walking out, I couldn't believe it. I was, oh, there's a there's a ticket for Grimsby Town for Blondell Park, and I lost my mind, and then they were like, well, oh, wait a minute, wasn't John McAtee's dad just oh, sat there, yeah. and, and obviously, John McAtee's other son, uh, James McAtee, plays for Manchester City, so it's not actually, his, uh, in many ways,
2: I wish I'd never asked.
3: Yeah, but uh good good to hear from you, John McAtee you know, Senior. It's, it's, and it's lovely to have the text, but please make sure that John McAtee never leaves Grimsby, he's well, incredible. You shouldn't say that, because someone will,
2: someone will be listening, people listen, but, lloyd to this show and they listen to the station and people come in they they find they'll now be googling no, he's, that he's player. done
3: his shoulder in and he's out for seven years <coughs>
2: well just, absolutely wrong there we are i missed the marnie goal on saturday going down for a pint this is goals you've missed for either being in the toilet or going for or a games pint you've or missed. going for a burger or games you were later um oh this is a good one lloyd about you in grimsby town ask lloyd if this is john a happy huddersfield Huddersfield flying, yeah. Ask Lloyd if the stand at Grimsby behind the goal still has the dart stuck into the timber of the away end. I went there many times in the 80s and always remember queuing up for ages with only two turnstiles open, a storm blowing in from the North Sea. All part of the experience. And you look up and you see this dart stuck into the away stand. Welcome to Grimsby.
3: And we lost 5-1. Uh, well, um, I, crucially, I would never have been in the away end at Grimsby. Oh, sure, of course. Yeah, I always usually go in the home end because I support um, Grimsby. I, do, do you know what, though? I'm going there early on Saturday so I can have a little look. Um, have a little look. Uh, Jonathan, very in, happy, yeah, happy, happy Huddersfield fan. Oh, uh, Vauxhall
2: I'll get back call, to Andy and Hemmel says, uh, does the Moose drive a Vauxhall Corsa? We don't know yet. A Grandland or an Insignia? Afternoon, guys. The Moose drives a Vauxhall Burger van. John the Cabby. Bit rude, John. Bit, bit like, rude bit there. The belt. Vauxhall listening. Victor. Isn't that quite an old. I saw that's well, like one from 1978, I think. I'm not as young as Flo, but I mean, I'm, I'm a Vauxhall Viva. That is from the 80s. Is the most car a Vauxhall Viva 1978 model? Joe, maybe he does drive a Vauxhall Viva. Maybe he's talked I about it think so. before. Look, more to follow. We'll uh, we'll <laughs> we'll give you an update on that. As you'll get it as soon as we get it. Unless here. we're
3: during the ads, then At you'll talk talk get it when Sport, we get of back. Of course, okay. yes. This
2: is Charlie Baker and Lloyd Griffith. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from talk Sport. <laughs> Changed the locks as well, so I can't even use my key. Unbelievable! There we are. This is Charlie Baker and Lloyd Griffith with you to four o'clock when Andy Goldstein takes over for Drive with Darren Belt Bent, uh, the Moose. Yes, we've got an. Drives answer. a Vauxhall. What Vauxhall is it, Lloyd? It is the Vauxhall Grandland X. Grandland X is that a, an, an extra? Is that? I wonder what else you get with the
3: Grandland. Uh, no idea. I'm guessing it's seven. I've got a look. Looks nice. Uh, seven seater is it? I think it's a. I think it'd be a five seater but you've got to probably... um, I'm going to look at the book. Reviews are good. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, it's a little... uh, I think rear parking sensors probably. Oh, lovely. Well, everything has these days, isn't it? There
2: we are. That's what the moose drives. Thank you for everyone who joined in. What does the moose... Drive the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are, lovely. I'll be back tomorrow with Andy Lloyd. I don't know if you'll ever be back again after Thank today, you but for you having know, me, I thought you were marvellous. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, see you tomorrow with Andy. You've been listening to
1: the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four pm on Talksport.